the details of life. I'm your host, Marcus Wilson, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming back once again. I sincerely appreciate it. Today, we have something that I'm really excited about. You know, we've been in a nice little groove of bringing Division One head coaches on, a couple former professional basketball players, but today, we're going to touch into NASCAR. Today, we have Adam Alexander, who is the play-by-play announcer of Xfinity Series and NASCAR, also is the co-host of NASCAR Race Hub, and also plays a significant role and does uh, some good work with the NASCAR Cup Series on Fox as well. So I've been knowing Adam since it's been 20, 25 years. He started back in Evansville when I was playing ball at the University of Evansville. He was working for WEVV, a local station there as their sports their sports guy. And then he was also calling some of our games. So I spent a lot of time with him because, you know, obviously I was a decent player back there and he called the games and we talked a lot. And so over the years, I've seen him just blossom and grow and grow and grow. And it's been so great to see his elevation in this field. And so, man, we, we talked about some good stuff. We went and reminisced about our time together in Evansville, how he got really rolling in NASCAR, and, you know, some of his best memories with NASCAR, I mean, he's been around some of the greats, you know, Jeff Gordon, Daryl Waltrip, you name it, Jimmy Johnson, all of them. I'm starting to get my NASCAR knowledge up, guys. You know, I mean, one of the reasons why is because recently, as many of us know, the incident with Bubba Wallace, it wouldn't have been an interview if I wouldn't have brought it up. And, you know, like Adam is, he's a straightforward guy, gave me an awesome, honest answer. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, let's go ahead and chime in with Adam Alexander. Like I just prefaced, ladies and gentlemen, today I'm really excited. I have an old friend I've been knowing for over 20 years. Great to see what he's doing right now. Adam Alexander, host at Fox Sports. How you doing today, Adam? I'm doing great, and, and I'm feeling old because you said you and I have known each other for over 20 years. And when you said that, I'm like, is that right? And then I thought, oh, it's probably been close to 25. I'm like, man, where does the time go, you know? I tried to subtract some years. You're exactly right. So it's been closer to 25. But uh, no, man, it's been a good it's been a good 25 years. And we'll kind of start off with where we met. You know, when I'm when I met you, I was playing ball at Evansville. You were working with WVV in Evansville and, you know, calling games and reporting on the games and everything. And so what were some of your best memories of your time when you were, you know, working at WVV and, and, and being a part of the Evansville basketball program? Well, the headline for me, probably in my entire time was your senior year. I think you and I probably share fond memories of Evansville for the same reasons, even though we played different roles. I mean, you know, you obviously were a star player in all conference and taking Evansville to the NCAA tournament for the first time in, in many years in 1999. And I can just remember, you know, I was a kid growing up in Indiana. I was a basketball fan. I wanted to do basketball play-by-play, and to have an opportunity to do that anywhere was great. But to be doing it in Indiana at the Division I level was a highlight for me. And then to get to go to the NCAA tournament. And in those days, it's so different now. In those days, they were still playing those opening weekend games at the big football stadium. So we were at the Superdome, and Kentucky was there, and, of course, Kansas, who we played. And big dance. And the Aces go with snow, sights, all freshmen in the Missouri Valley Conference. And there's Marcus Wilson's second all-time score at Evansville. Roy Williams' 11th year, two Final Fours in the 90s. More wins by the Kansas program in the 90s than any other school. Nick Bradford, T.J. Pugh, Chinowit, 
was all Big 12 tournament selection last week, but the freshman who's come on, Jeff Boshi, was the Big 12 tournament most valuable player. And Ryan Robertson, the senior who's been so big through the years for the Jayhawks. Bonnie Bernstein is also with us. Let's check in with Bonnie right now. Hi, Jim. Just touched base with Roy Williams, and he said, you know what? you got to give Evansville credit. He thinks they're just as good of a shooting team as Kansas is. He said the way we're going to have to beat them tonight is with our size and our defense. Just being a part of that and having a front row seat and seeing Jim Nance and Billy Packer, that, that is one of the true highlights for me in my history in Evansville. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. I remember seeing Jim Nance, Billy Packer, uh, Bonnie Bernstein. Uh, yep. I think the, the two, my two best memories are playing in the NCAA tournament at the Superdome and then obviously when we won uh, the conference championship on senior night uh, against Southwest Missouri State. But during that time, I had no idea, and I just learned this recently, just doing some research on you. During that time, you were also doing some play-by-play -play calling for uh, an auto racing and a, a show called Race Talk. So how did you get involved with that? And, you know, when did you start realizing that that's what you had an interest in that? I was actually doing the Jim Cruz radio show at Taroni's in Evansville. And Bill Edson, who was the sales guy slash producer, came in one night and pitched me on a show called Race Talk. I said, yeah, that'd be great. You put it together and I'll host it. And I was somewhat sarcastic. And then he came to me a few weeks later and said, hey, we're going to start that show. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ready for this. But I, I jumped in and started doing this show. And then it just grew from there. I, I started doing some track announcing at Tri-State Speedway, which is up off Highway 41 in Evansville. Met some people there that connected me to MRN Radio. I did an audition. And, you know, it's just kind of continued to grow from there. It, it was almost an accident, really, how it all got started. Uh, but, man, am I, I'm glad it happened because it's really worked out well for me. Man, it sure has. Uh, I guess being at the right place at the right time, you're already good at what you were doing. So when did, along that path, you know, you just started with this show called Race Talk. And now, I don't know if people know what you're doing, and you, you can kind of explain that. I don't want to uh, bust that. Yeah, bust that bubble. I want you to be able to explain that. But when did you start realizing, like, hey, I have a future in this, and when you started to really like hone in as, as that is your primary gig? In 2000, I went over to St. Louis. Uh, there, there's a racetrack over actually in Madison, Illinois. And I did an audition with MRN Radio, which is the national network that carries NASCAR races. And I did an audition with them. And they said, we like you. We'd like to use you a little bit. And so I, I did a couple of races in the fall of 2000. And at that point, I was like, gosh, if, if I never, ever get to do this again, I, I will always carry with me that I was able to work on a national radio network. And at that time, in 2001, there was a lot of movement within the, the NASCAR broadcasting industry because the national TV rights were changing. And some of the key players at MRN were moving from radio to television. And so some doors opened up. And again, right place, right time, I was this new fresh face that brought a different perspective because I didn't grow up in NASCAR. I was more of a broadcaster. A, a lot of the folks at that time were racing people that made themselves into broadcasters. I was the opposite. I was a broadcaster who was taking that skill set and moving it into NASCAR. And, and so I think because of the, the unique style that I brought, it helped me out, gave me opportunity to grow. I was with MRN until 2006. In 2007, I started working with Speed Channel, which was owned by Fox, that is now FS1. And I've just continued to grow through the ranks into the position I'm in now, 
hosting a, a daily show with NASCAR and then doing some play-by-play as well. Yeah, man. I've, I remember the first time I saw you on, on TV. I was flipping through, and I was with my wife. I was like, that's Adam Alexander. I had no idea that you were that big time yet. And so, man, you've been doing it over 20 years uh, now, or well, about 20 years now. And so I'm sure you have some really cool experiences. So just like I said, with your time at Evansville, I want to ask you the same thing about NASCAR. What are some of your highlights during your career of being involved with NASCAR? Well, a couple of things that stand out to me. One is all the great tracks that I've been able to visit. And, and I've been to all of them and had a chance to call races at each track on the NASCAR schedule. And, and that's really special for me. I, I think that it all gets put into perspective. And, and you know this, you, you've played against great players over the years that maybe when you're playing against a guy, you didn't appreciate it. And, and then you see what he goes on to accomplish and maybe he's playing in the league or, or whatever, or goes into a hall of fame or, and, and then when you see it from a historical perspective, you gain this whole new appreciation. And, and so I don't think in the moment I appreciate things like I should, but an example would be last year, I was doing some of our pre-race stuff on Fox and I was working with Jeff Gordon and Daryl Waltrip. And I took that for granted. I didn't think a whole lot about it. I, I didn't want to get caught up in the moment and, and be overwhelmed by, by the, the stardom of the people I was working with. Was the 600 more difficult then or now? What do you guys think? threw it out there. <laughs> for these guys, it's a piece of cake. Oh, really? hey, you ever watch the end car? Here they are. Here's how they drive. <laughs> yeah. And there's how we do it. Hold on. What was the speed that we were running? Yeah, yeah. I think speed. Speed. about 181. Yeah, about, yeah, about 181. About That's 185. a good speed. Yeah. <laughs> and then one night I'm watching a documentary on NASCAR, and, and they interviewed Jeff Gordon and Daryl Waltrip to get their take on this history piece. And it, it just put in line for me how special it was that I was getting to work with these iconic figures, Hall of Famers, some of the best all time at what they do. But getting to work with so many legendary people uh, is, is something that I think as I get through my years and eventually someday hang it up, I, I think that's what I'll always appreciate the most. 100%, man. Like even when you just said those names, I, I haven't always been the biggest NASCAR fan, but even I know those names. Those are legends. And so, yeah, to be able to work alongside of those guys, I'm sure is uh, great experience. But speaking of, you know, like uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up, you know, NASCAR, one of the reasons I've paid more attention to NASCAR recently, and I'm sure everyone has, is the recent news about Bubba Wallace. And for me, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. You know, first you heard what it was, then they said that, you know, the noose had been there, and then uh, it's just used as a garage rope. And, and then I saw all the guys, you know, rally around them, which gave me a really good feeling. And so it's been up, you know, a roller coaster of emotions for me. But for guys like you who are actually in the sport, you know, what, what, are, what are you feeling? And, you know, what are you feeling right now about how everything has, you know, transpired? Well, I, you know, this doing the media stuff that you're doing, we got into sports because you want to celebrate the good. And, and unfortunately, because of the role that sports plays in society today, sometimes news makes its way into the sports world. And that's what we've had. And, and I say, unfortunately, I, I think it, it's unfortunate from the standpoint, it's, it's hard to talk about difficult circumstances, right? And so it makes the job more challenging. 
I do think, though, the reward is that the good that can come out of this. And, and I've known Bubba Wallace for years. I mean, I, I met Bubba when he first came on the NASCAR scene. And he's just a, a fun-loving, great personality. Who's coaching you on handling the pressure? Because, you know, Larry ran off the stat line for your owner and how good he was here. We all know the history of the 43 car. But here you come in as a rookie, laid back. You seem to deflect a lot of that pressure. And I'm sure in turn, it takes a lot of pressure off of the guys on your race team. Yeah, it's the it's the little bubble on this side of the shoulder and the little bubble on this side, the good yeah. and bad. And that's what's kind of managed me. Yeah, do this now, don't do that. So it's um, it's it's been a journey. It's been a a long fought process. I mean, leading up to this deal throughout the off season from losing my ride last year, sitting on the sidelines, there's a lot that has went into it. So, uh, you know, to be here right now and just thinking about how everything, how everything has went down, it's, uh, it's like, wow. And so I, I've been a fan, you know, forget stats that that stuff doesn't matter, especially under the circumstances that we're having this conversation. Bubba's just a fun guy to be around, and I've been a fan of his and the way he does his business for a long time. He, he came to the booth and did a race with us last year at Michigan, so he and I have always had a good connection. I hate to see him going through what he's going through, but I will say you never know in life when you're going to have an opportunity to lead and grow and make a difference. And, and everything that's going on in our world has put something on Bubba's plate that I don't think he ever knew would be there, and I think he's taken the ball and he's run with it. What happened at Talladega was, was so unfortunate, um, but I think it was just another layer of Bubba being able to raise his profile and to be a spokesperson for what is right. And I think he's done a great job of handling that. I was relieved because I, you know, I, I had been following all of the stories that, that had been going on and the impact that it had on Bubba, and it all kind of started with the, the Confederate flag. And... And I thought he had handled all that so well. And, and I thought all of that was just part of the, the natural progression of this story that is, is a problem in our country playing out in sports. When I heard the news about the noose at Talladega, it was a gut punch because I've spent so much time in that garage and I just didn't want to believe that to be true. And, and so to see how that story has transpired um, how Bubba's handled it, and, and what you mentioned, Marcus, the way those teams and drivers came together, I, I've not seen anything like that in, in my time covering NASCAR. So while there have been some challenges with this whole story, as we all know, I do think that Bubba has done a great job of, of speaking out and bringing some real positive notoriety to NASCAR and, and, and making a difference across the board. Man, I think you're exactly right, man. I, just when it, when it first happened, and like I said, I wasn't – I've watched more news about NASCAR in the last couple of weeks than probably my whole life combined. Because when it first happened, you're right, it was a gut punch. Then I saw the guys rallying around them, and, you know, all the other news has come and gone, but I, I think you're exactly right. There's an opportunity to grow from this and see the positives. And uh, I think, man, Bubba's response initially, his initial response – was so high character, so high class, and he's done things the right way. So, man, I'm, I'm rooting for him. And I'm, I'm actually rooting for NASCAR in general as a sport because I see they're trying to move in a progressive right direction. And sometimes, you know, you're going to hit some bumps in the road on that. And we did, but I love the direction where it's going. And so which leads me to the next thing. Oh, without all the sports going on right now, I had no idea really until recently that NASCAR has been going on, you know, started back in May 17th and, Darlington and 
And so then I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to learn more about it. And I'm seeing Kevin Harwick and Denny Hamlin. I've already won three races. I'm trying to learn the names and all this and that. And so, you know, with they finished one and two in the last two races, I got to give myself a little bit of props right there for that knowledge. <laughs> but how do you see the rest of, rest of the NASCAR season playing out? Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's such a, a crazy time, as, as we all know, and I don't think anyone in NASCAR knew what things were going to be like because a normal NASCAR weekend is you come into town Thursday night, you practice a couple times Friday, you qualify Saturday, you may practice Saturday, you race on Sunday. Now it's like blow into town, no practice, no qualifying, put them on the track and turn them loose, right? And, and so you, you just didn't have a baseline on who's going to be able to handle this. And, and I think, you know, the two guys you mentioned, Harvick and Hamlin, have been the ones that really have adapted to this new schedule the best. And I think that's the reason why, number one, um, that, that they are at the forefront of the conversation right now and, and they're winning races. And I, I think on the other side of that, it's the reason that you anticipate they're going to be the ones to beat at the end of the year. Most would have had them on the short list anyway. They were both in the championship four when we ended 2019. But I, I think because they've been able to adapt, build that confidence, build that momentum, I think those are the two drivers at the top of the list right now that universally, everyone that follows this sport would say, those are the two guys you're going to have to beat if you're going to win the championship. Yeah, even someone like myself that doesn't have very much knowledge, as I'm looking at all the results, it's like it's clear that these guys are on top of their game right now this season. And so I'm going to be tuning in a little bit more. Um, before we close up, I saw recently as well that you've dabbled into a little bit of acting, serving as a cameo in Lucky Logan. So what was that experience like? You know, that, that was a, a group that came to Charlotte, and it's, uh, it was a heist movie. And basically, you had a group of guys, uh, one of them a, a convict, who was trying to take over Charlotte Motor Speedway and the financial system there to steal a bunch of money the weekend of the Coke 600, which is the, the biggest race of the year at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And so since they were going to do everything here in Charlotte, the film was being done um, on, on a low budget, and they partnered with Fox Sports and got a number of us to be involved, some at, at a higher level than others. There are many NASCAR drivers that had cameo appearances in there, and they wanted to do a, a couple of scenes from our studio in Charlotte. Fox Sports has a studio here, not too far from the racetrack. And with that, they said, you know what, we want to we want to shoot around the daily show that you guys do. And I just happened to be the guy that hosts the daily show. And so I I would tell you I got my minute of fame. I can't even say I got 30 seconds. Ten seconds might be a stretch. In fact, my neighbor stopped by the other day and said, you know, we've been on quarantine. We've been watching all these movies and we we watched the movie that you were in, but when we got to the credits and we saw your name, we didn't remember you being in the movie. I'm like, well, you, it's like going to a small town. If you blink, you're going to miss it. But at least I, I got the experience, and, and it was cool to be a part of. Man, that's super cool. I haven't seen it, but like I said, as I was doing my research for this, I saw it, and I said, you know, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. So I'll watch it here probably this weekend, and I'll, I'll let you know if I saw you. I'll let you know how you did, man. But before we close, I wanted to give people an opportunity to follow you. So, like, do you, I don't know how active you are on social media, but if you are, you know, where, how can we follow you on social media? And also, do you know your schedule of, you know, events that you may be calling in the near future? So we only have two events left uh, that I'll be calling, and then everything will transfer over to NBC for the second half of the year as far as NASCAR coverage. 
so I'll, I'll do races from Kentucky Speedway in the Xfinity Series on July 9th and 10th, that Thursday and, and Friday night. We'll be on FS1 if, if you want to check us out there. And then daily, I'm on NASCAR Race Hub. I, I do uh, occasionally, we'll do a, a pre-race type show on Sundays. And then we're on the air Monday to Thursday at 6 Eastern time. So I'll be a part of the host rotation there. And on social media, you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram. It's Adam, the numeral one, Alexander. So if you, if you want to catch up or send me a note or, or follow along, that's the best place to do it. That's awesome, man. And before we close up, obviously, thank you for spending the time with me today. But I do want to let the people know, man, it's so cool to see people that started off with humble beginnings, right? You're just in Evansville at WVV and now where you're at. And one thing I can say is, man, it's awesome. Also, when you see people uh, make it, so to speak, like you have and still stay humble, still be the same old guy. I mean, we text now every once in a while and it's, it's just like the good old days. So, man, I appreciate your humility and I'm super proud of you, bro. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Marcus. Thanks for uh, reaching out. It's great to be a part of this. Awesome, man. Well, have a great day, and, I, and I'll be watching and supporting, all right? Sounds good. All right, man. Take care. Thank you, Adam, for coming on. I really appreciate it. That was an awesome conversation. Got to have you back on. Actually, I might need you to tell some of the buddies, some of your buddies in NASCAR, some of the drivers to come on this as well, because I'm starting to get into it. I'm learning a little bit more about it, as I'm sure other people are, and I'm just I'm glad that you're there doing your thing and, and, and being great at it. So keep it up, partner. We're back here rooting for you. Moving forward to our next episode, we have a Final Four coach representing the Missouri Valley Conference. We have Porter Moser, head coach of Loyola up in Chicago. You guys know who he is. Loyola made their epic run, and, I mean, it was, they were so exciting to watch, knocked off some powerhouse programs, really elevated the Missouri Valley Conference after Creighton and Wichita State left. A lot of people thought there was going to be a drop-off, and Loyola said, nope. Not so fast. So got a chance to talk to him about that and that epic run and his coaching career and some of the things that he believes in and great conversation. After that, we have North Carolina State head coach Kevin Keats, who came on and really gave us some good inside knowledge on the ACC. You know, we've had quite a few ACC coaches on now. They, they're all excellent, uh, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the ACC. So I'm really looking forward to these next couple episodes, guys. And so everyone is coming over here. I loved what Adam said about Bubba Wallace and how he responded and Porter Moser has some great things that he has to say and they're all giving you the details to be great because you know what? Greatness is in the details, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a happy 4th of July weekend. Be safe. Come back next week. We'll be back on Wednesday. Remember, on Wednesday, not next Sunday. Come back in a couple days and join in. All right? Thank you. Have a great weekend. Peace. Peace.